Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Yeah, so we're here with Billy Porter. We've been having some really, really cute technical difficulties, but now we think we've got it all figured out. Fingers crossed. Billy, it's so fun to see you always. and um, It's good to see you guys, too. I know. I think that we should start by saying that Billy and I have known each other since 1994. Right, yes. and we did December a- of ninety three, actually. Oh, December of ninety three, cute. We did because <laughs> that's when we started rehearsals, of- and we on Forty Second Street. You know when it was still like seedy, lots of dirty hoes. <laughs> when you could you could <laughs> still pay, pay someone to <laughs> make including love me with and you. Billy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so we did, love, but, yeah. we did a revival of we did a revival of Greece on Broadway uh, in nineteen ninety four. Four, and uh, that's when we met, and it was all of our, almost all of our first Broadway show, right? Uh, it was not mine. It was my third, but... No, what um, had you done before that? <laughs> I was in the original cast of Miss Saigon, mm-hmm. and then I did the original cast of Five Guys Named Mo, and then I came over to Greece. Mm, okay, good. So... We had a lot of fun. It was fun. Billy played the teen yeah, angel. Yeah, that was fun. He like stopped the show every night. It was so good. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, right. that crazy, crazy <laughs> production of Grease. It Just was... type it into YouTube. You'll see. It was psychedelic. It was like yeah, neon, neon Grease. Yeah. <laughs> The I, I if I if I may I think that the director and the producers were super high every night when they were deciding what to do. I don't think that's much of a secret. No, I know they were high when they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> when they put this put the concept together, I, they were high. You had to be high to come up with that. <laughs> it was fun. You were so great clearly. at that. <laughs> yeah. you were too. I remember when you we were too, recorded- Freddie, my love. Oh, thank you, darling. I played Marty, and that's her song. Um, but when we recorded the cast album, I remember you came racing in because you had this great, you know, your song, like I said, Stop the Show Every Night, and you came bursting into the recording session because when, when you record a Broadway show, uh, soundtrack, I'm, you know, original cast album, uh, you do it with the full orchestra live. So... You, in one you day. sing it along with the orchestra just as you would on stage every night and it's all live and you only usually get one or two takes. So you kind of want it to be good. So Billy was concerned that his the old voce wasn't 
going to cooperate that day. <laughs> and remember, do you remember this? You I stopped don't. on the way. You're in a panic because you didn't think that it was going to send your voice was going to sound good that day, which it always does. Um, but you stopped and got an ice cream cone. And for some reason, <laughs> ice cream cone had like completely remedied the situation and you were able to warble like a thrush. That's a hot Broadway. You tip. know, it's the it's the gunk. You know, like I like the gunk. Mm-hmm. I like the grease. I like the milk, the gunk that the milk creates. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have either been some oh, ice dear. cream or a piece of fried chicken. One of one of the two. <laughs> and I That's have been amazing. known to do both. Yeah. <laughs> to get the grease going. You got to get show, oil, oil them cords In honor up. of the actual musical being called Grease, I think, is it's all coming full circle yeah (laughs) so correct so i have this weird blend of like being well i mean the overriding thing is that i'm so happy for you because for 25 years we were all like when is billy porter going to become the superstar that we know he's all going to become and it only took 25 short years but We've been saying that all along, but so I'm so thrilled that the world finally gets to, you know, partake of the glory that is Billy Porter. But on the other hand, I'm also kind of mad because I was like, I knew him first, people. (laughs) (laughs) I was got it on the ground floor of the shit. So don't be saying to me, don't be saying to me, oh, have you seen that guy on Pose? I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're friends bitches yeah, yes we're fr- and then people are like mm-hmm, sure you are <laughs> the category is we already like, knew like yeah i've known him they're like uh-huh right i was around I'm before nick was you. around huh yeah you predate me i, said, by I was years. around before before nick was around that's right i was around when you met when y'all met mm-hmm. you're one of my oldest oldest friends billy um, so awesome. now that you have burst upon the scene to delight and enthrall us all, um, it's a fucking great. And the thing is that we need you because you know, not only do you know how to entertain us, but you can preach and that's what we need right now. <laughs> You're such a great voice. For us. Oh, you're, you're sweet. A, Thank you. Well, it's true. You're such a great voice for us right now or anytime. You know, you really, it, it all, everything happens in the right timing. And even though you yes, had the skills to like blow, blow everything out of the water 25 years ago, for some reason now is the perfect time. Yeah. It's yeah. True. Yeah. And I, and I, I really, you know, I'm a very spiritual person and I really believe that fully, you know, that we are exactly where we're supposed to be. And if we can find a way to sort of be settled, if one can find a way to be settled in the truth of that, then there's no fear moving forward. And, you know, for me, yes, it took a long time. Yes, it wasn't always fun or pretty or happy times, but What's happening now, you know, the reason why it took the time that it took was because I needed to fortify myself. I needed to be in a space where I could really stand in my truth, no matter what was coming at me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what you you speak to when you when you talk about the preaching aspect of it. You know, coming from the church, yeah, there's there's that there's that side of me. Um, but it really, I really realized this past year. You know, I actually know how to talk about my activism. You know, my mm-hmm. art is my activism. My art is my ministry, and therefore. I have to talk about it and I have to know how to express it. And um, I didn't have that skill set 25 years ago. You know, it's been building that for the last two decades that's allowed me to sort of be here and, and take advantage of every aspect of what comes with whatever we're calling this phase of my life. How many Broadway shows have you done? Because I think people know you from posing. Uh, they don't necessarily know that you've done Broadway. You know? I know. That's so funny. It's like sometimes I'll read comments and it's like, Pray Tell can sing? I mm. had no idea. That's funny <laughs> no, to me. Nobody, you know, because- Billy, nobody has any earthly idea that I sing <laughs> or I've done Broadway or any of that. Okay. It's hilarious to me because it's like, you know, the very thing that, pigeonholed me, which was the musculature of how I could sing Mm -hmm. when I was younger, you know, it really pigeonholed me in a way that was uncomfortable for me. So I worked very hard to get out of that box and to push and to go down a different road and to create a space where I could be what you're seeing right now, which is you know, black and queer and out and a real human being and not simply just a clown, not simply just, you know, ornamentation, you know, but a real human being. And um, so it's exciting, you know, it's actually exciting to have people discover me from the other direction, mm. you know, because <laughs> the discover, discover from the other direction because Ultimately, that was the, you know, I wanted people to understand that, you know, I'm a very serious person. <laughs> like, I'm a very serious you artist. You are, very, yes, very philosophical. I, you know, I'm funny and I can do all the fun stuff. But like, when it comes down to it, if if the message is not in it, I'm not interested. You know, and for a long time, I was not given the opportunity to have opportunities like that. And now I do, now I have opportunities like Pose where, you know, you see the full person, you see all of the dimensions of the human being from the fabulousness of the, you know, of the of the MC to the human being at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a wonderful ride. It yeah. really has. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, not only that, but you know, it's so great that you're in, you know, you're, you're married and I am happily, happily married. And yes. you know, that's a whole other piece of the puzzle that, you know, it's just all coming t- together for you, you know, in a way I don't, I don't, yeah. it's a weird way of saying it, but yeah, it's all happening at the same time, which is nice. It's all happening at the same time. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's been really, um, overwhelming. As a matter of fact, with the idea of turning lemons into lemonade, 
you know, the last year or so, it's been year and some change. It's been really difficult to have real quality time with my mm -hmm. hubby. Um, and this has already been such a such a gift, you know, to have the time to spend, you know, this this global reset is what I'm calling it. Um, I think it's really made everyone sort of have to face the idea that like maybe we work too much. You know, maybe maybe it's time to self-care. What does that look like? Like I've never had the luxury to self-care. Mm -hmm. You know, I never had that luxury. You know, I'm sort of understanding that it doesn't have to be a luxury. It has to be imperative. It has to be something that's built in to the infrastructure of one's life, period, period. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm learning that, like literally right in this moment. Yeah. Um, and how important that is, you know, for the well-being and our health um, and all of that. And I hope the world is listening. I hope we're listening because this is a wake-up call. You know, we don't have control over this. Mother Nature has spoken. We've been fucking around way too much, way too long, and she's not having it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, pull it together, people. Mm. pull it together we got to pull yeah. it together because yeah and how is your your self-care manifesting itself now or, or are you just trying to figure out to figure that out well i'm trying to figure it out the first thing that my husband and i did at the top of the year before all of this went down was we went to a spa we went to miyamo spa in sedona and like i have never in my life done anything like that, like at all. <laughs> and we literally went to this spa. We got there, we put on robes on a Thursday and we didn't take them robes off till Sunday afternoon when we got back on the plane. Like it mm. was like, oh, right. And it was relaxed and I didn't have to be anywhere and I didn't have to dress up in anything. And I didn't have mm. to, and don't, don't get me wrong, this is not a complaint about the success. This is oh, just no, about- no. Of course not. Figuring yeah. out how, figuring out how to manage all of it so that I can stay sane and, and healthy. So that's where it started. And then last week, my husband had this idea to move, you know, to get out of the city. A, a bunch of our friends were moving out of the city. We lost a couple of friends and he just said, you know, we should just rent a house somewhere and just you know, upstate or something and get out of the city. And once again, being from my background and being, you know, having had to to struggle as much as I have, there's never been extra money. There's never been extra money to rent a house for three months. Like it wouldn't even cross my mind mm -hmm. because I just don't think like that, you know? So it was lovely. It's been very lovely. We went and I called a friend and got us in touch with a, a real estate agent and within hours we were in process of renting the space and I tell you you know just to be able to walk outside and breathe we're near the beach and just take deep breaths and oh that's so nice just clear your mind and clear your head and 
get your spirit right. That's what I'm, and I'm writing a lot. I'm writing my memoir. Uh, I'm writing a, a pilot for a series that I'm developing. You know, I'm, I'm redeveloping, a, I'm reconceiving and reconstructing a, a musical that I'm directing for Encores next season. You know, there's a lot of stuff I'm- Which musical? I'm working on. I, I can't really say it yet. All I'll tell right. you Oh, well, I'll, let me just say that I better be in that <laughs> memoir and it better be cute. <laughs> it better be real Everybody's cute. in the memoir. <laughs> Everybody's in the memoir. Oh. <laughs> so you're, you know, you're still, you're keeping busy uh, during all of this because you're writing and. Yeah. You know, we, we're artists, we're, we're, we're self-generated people, you know, so in times like this, we actually know how to self-generate. Many, many of us know how to sort of show up and keep a schedule because that's just what our whole lives have been. We've always had to keep our own schedule and, you know, make things happen because it's not a nine to five in a traditional way like that very often. So it doesn't feel weird or odd. I'm just happy to be able to be focused on my writing and on my writing alone. I've never, I've never been able to do that. You know, you read one of the first things I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so I don't know good if you remember too. that. Yeah. Yeah. Your movie was, uh, was so um, good. You should revive you. So, that. You know, everything is in the vault, darling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everything is in the vault. We're pulling all the things out of the vault. Wait, I want to sidebar back to uh, the Miyamo Resort and Spa in Sedona Uh because we took a road trip recently, well, in December, and um, one of our first stops was Sedona. And we we pulled in, we were driving, and we rolled in, of course, because of me, because I couldn't get out of the previous hotel until five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we pulled into Sedona at like midnight ish, you know, and the room at this particular um, place was not to my specifications. And so I, I got on my phone and I started Googling other places to stay in Sedona and I made Nick go to two other places. And this was now getting to be one, two in the morning and he did it. And this is also after we'd unpacked three dogs and all of our stuff into the room that wasn't cute enough for me. Um, and cause it was, you know, we, it was, this was our big thing of like the cute driving trip and I just wanted it to be nice. So spoiled. So um, we went to the places, but we couldn't get into Miyamo. They looked at us like we had taken leave of our senses and uh, turned us away at the door. So, well, they, I'm very they have jealous. a very strict. They have a very strict Thursday through Sunday, or Sunday through Thursday. Yes, like you have to we, check in on a Thursday or check in on a Sunday. No, we we weren't doing either. That's of those. just how they. Yeah, yeah. And we went so. to the we they we they did show us a room at the hotel that's like the mothership of the Miyamo and. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, no, no, it dice. was like mold central, <laughs> <laughs> mold on a platter. So depressing. It so was anyway, over there. that was a, a source of 
But then it turned out fine in our, our room that I didn't think was cute enough turned out to be really cute in the daytime. And that's a long story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a funny thing, though. Savannah I mean, the, the, Billy, I, I, I find you, you've, I've always found you very, very inspired, very attractive. And I, um, I know you're married, <laughs> but it's, wow. it's 2020 and podcast just took a radical a turn. I've had a couple semesters of ballet. Uh, <laughs> I've always found you very mm. inspiring in a few ways that I'd like to, to touch on, but but specifically, uh, you said something that I think is great for our listeners, which is um, you, where you come from, it never would have occurred to you to treat yourself. Like at the moment uh, of, of hardship, you actually had some extra money laying around and you guys came up with this idea to treat yourself to the safety and comfort of a house outside of Manhattan yeah. in this specific example. Yeah. But it made me think of like people in my farmer family who... Like, you know, when, growing up, the first time somebody suggested to me when I was in like theater school that I get a massage when I was really sore, right. sore and beat up. I was right. I was like, are you insane? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, what? And, and it's something that I, you know, if you are out there listening to us uh, and, and it sounds crazy to you to do something like get a massage or go to a spa and take care of yourself in that way, try it. Try breaking down yeah. that prejudice um, because it's really important and it and it feels amazing, um, even if you're a, a big hairy lumberjack. Especially if you're a big hairy lumberjack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never been touched. <laughs> so, Billy, I've been worried about you because I think this um, this is just in the nick of time, uh, although it's under horrible circumstances. But I. You have been in perma photo shoot mode. <laughs> you know, I've texted you like, um, could you take a break from whatever photo shoot you're yeah. on right now and text well, me back? Well, listen, I know, listen, <laughs> it's like, I, it, the fashion end of what has happened to me, I like, I've always been a fashion person. Mm -hmm. I've always loved fashion. I've always known that I wanted a part of, you know, my um, success to be fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've been playing with it on my end by myself. You know, when I got to Kinky Boots, you know, I dressed up every day, you know, in geek chic. I was like, I did the whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. and then this kind of happened and it sort of took off, but took off in the way, uh, like like that Indiana Jones boulder that's like rolling down the hill after him. It was like, before I knew it, it was that. Yeah. And I was like, just trying to stay in front of the boulder, just trying to stay in front of the boulder. Once again, it's all joy. It's all amazing. But, or and... I have to now figure out where self-care comes in in that. Like, no is a complete sentence and it is a fine answer sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, when you live in a space that has felt like lack for so long, when abundance comes, you just want to take it all. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, one must say, okay, 
thank you for the abundance. And I'm going to pass on this one this time. Yeah. And I'm going to pass on good. this thing this time. You, you do, Just, you know. Yeah, you do need to seize those opportunities um, as much as you can. And then at a certain point, that's exactly right. You know, sometimes saying no to others is saying yes to yourself. You yeah, know? balance, balance becomes. <laughs> but you know, when you it's wear a balance. hat that is also curtains, people are going to want more of that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of the things I wanted to hit on, Billy, is that so, so in my, you know, little uh, sphere, um, because some of my work, I've, I'm known for being a guy with a mustache who can like split firewood <laughs> and grill a steak. <laughs> I, I get a lot of questions <laughs> about like manliness or being macho. And I always try to <laughs> say, let's let's stop genderizing things and and instead of asking me what what is my advice for young men i would say people of all genders can split wood and sew a button and bake a cake mm -hmm. and play you know whatever mm -hmm. and so i find it really mm -hmm. inspiring the way you also sort of break down those traditional categories with your specifically with your sort of pansexual work on the red carpet well thank you for that i you know, it's been very intentional because, you know, the thing that I have been fighting from the time I could comprehend thought was that I wasn't masculine enough. You know, yeah. I was sent to a psychologist at five years old because I was too much of a sissy. So, you know, by the time I reached 40, I was exhausted. Mm. You know, it's like every single place I went, it was about me not living up to some sort of masculinity standard mm -hmm. by society standards. And I decided to take myself out of that game. You know, mm -hmm. not require it, no longer require that for myself. Yeah. I'm not in the game anymore. I don't care if you think I'm masculine enough. I don't care if I am masculine enough or not. I'm just me. I'm who I am. I'm going to do what I do. And that's it. You will either like it or you won't. And that's when my life changed. You know, that's when kinky boots happened. That's when pose happened. That's when all of this stuff happened. And so it's like, wow, you, you know, it really, it really is a lesson in authenticity first. Yeah. You know, like true authenticity. You know, I always say it's easy to be who you are when what you are is what's popular. I'm not talking about just walking in and being a superstar because you're pretty and popular. Then you check every box. It's like what happens when you don't check any of the boxes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and nobody and nobody wants you. They have to make well, a, where, they have to make a new you, box. You know what year was Correct. that that you made that R and B record? When was that? Ninety six. Yeah, and I just yeah. thought, okay, you know, you can sing anything, but remember me saying, but I want you to sing Alfie. Do you remember that? And they were yeah. trying to market you yeah. as this suave bolo. Well, it was you know, It was nineties R and B. Teddy Pendergrass you know, kind of <laughs> straight guy. And I was like, but that's was, not what's so great Luther about Vandross, Billy. Yeah. yeah, Luther Vandross. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you can do that, but that's not what's your uniqueness is what makes you special. Anyone's is, Correct. you know, and, Correct. you know, and so it was just a little square peggy. And I'm glad that you yeah. at a certain point were like, oh, okay, no, never mind. This is who I am. No. Can't do it. I love it. This, 
uh, Megan was right when she said uh, that you can preach. And um, <laughs> I love I love this message. I come from the most conservative, small white town in the middle of Illinois. And that's something I'm really interested in for the world is to continue breaking down these old fashioned traditional you know, right. categories of whether it's gender or race or, or financial status or what. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if we're going to, if the idea of America was initially to be cool to everybody, the breaking down those categories is the only way we're going to move closer to that victory. Yeah. Right. Right. And this, this experiment called America is at a crossroads. You know, we're at a real crossroads right now. And we really have to look at ourselves and decide who we want to be. This is this is the moment right now, more than, in, in our generation, in our lifetime, more than for me, more than ever. You know, it's like, yeah, this is it's we either go back or we go all the way forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the way forward. Hell yeah. There's no in between anymore. There's no in between. And we've been living in this in between for quite some time. And I believe that we can. I believe that we can be the best. I really do. We got some work to do, though. I agree with you. And my little private theory is that we're hitting critical mass because. Yep. You know, we've been ignoring all the signs. I mean, yep. it's like how, you know, the universe has been hitting us in the face with this for years now, yep. especially since, you know, Trump got elected and it's just yep. one freaking outrage after the next one. I mean, one calamity, one lie, one, <laughs> you know, one bad situation after the other that that are so you know, it couldn't be any more clear. It couldn't be any more amoral or wrong or illegal or criminal, you know, any of that. And, and yet <laughs> we're all just like, yeah, but I guess ultimately it's kind of fine. And so mm-hmm. now this has happened and it, there couldn't, it, I, I don't know what could ha- what else could happen that could be that could pull everybody up short more than this. If, if, if what's come before right. in the last, three or four years hasn't done it, then will this? I mean, I think it will, but is this really what it had to take? It's really sad, I think. It's too bad. Yeah, it does have to take it. It's like, but we forget where we came from. You know, let's not forget this is the the country built on slavery. Mm -hmm. We're not better than this, actually. Yeah. We're trying to be better than this, Mm -hmm. but we're not. Mm -hmm. Nor have we ever been. So in the spirit of trying to be better than this, in quotes, you know, this is in quotes, we have to answer this call. And this call is get that motherfucker out and let's get back to a good baseline and then move forward. Mm -hmm. And and all of this political, all of the bullshit, it all goes back to race. You know, ultimately, yep. that's all they care about. They it's they're white nationals and every decision they make, more or less, is somehow at its root to do with race and discrimination and, and keeping people down. 
Right. Which, I mean, Bill, you, you said it. We need to... We, the answer to these questions can be answered in November because not only do we need to get rid of, of the baby Huey dipshit uh, at the head of our government, but also the all we gotta get that Mitch McConnell and all of those mm. all of those motherfuckers. There's so many. Like they've shown us exactly who they are. They have shown us exactly who they are. And if y'all keep wanting to vote for them, we deserve everything we get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what else you do. Yeah. It's like what we he's at the highest rating now that he's ever been. Ugh. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do. No. Nope. It's like, well, okay. Well, you know, you said you to me, do? you said to me, like, I don't know, we were texting. I mean, this is like six months ago. You said, don't watch, stop watching the news. And I was like, but I can't, you know, because every day is like a horrible soap opera of evil. Um, but you stopped a, a long time ago. And I know you, you haven't stopped completely, but. I stopped and then I started back and this whole thing has gotten us back on it. And, my, and our therapist today literally said, you have to be intentional. You have to set intentional. You can't watch the news before noon. Like we just made a pact today. No news till noon. One hour during the day, yeah. and then maybe a little bit of Rachel Maddow at night. That's yeah. what. That's exactly what. Because it's all the same yeah. thing. Yes, we're on We're rations. doing. We're doing. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing half an hour to an hour every night. It's usually Rachel Maddow, and then eight thousand yeah. bulletins that come up on our phones. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you could. It, it's all the same shit, mm -hmm. and it's all breaking news. Yeah. It's all breaking news. Well, it's so anyway. Yeah, it's just it's so it's so crazy, like how quickly everything has changed. I mean, within right. a week, we were seeing fully produced, gorgeous commercials on television that, you know, the voiceover was like in these trying times. You can still buy an Acura for three ninety nine a month. I mean, I was like, already? It seems so horrible. Yeah. Like the vultures have descended. Oh no, please, uh. please. The fact that the fact that the states have to compete with each other uh. for frontline medical gear is there. I have no words for it. No, it's and this. this the, if the people who vote for him think that that's okay. I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's so shameful. It's not a conversation like... for me. It's not a conversation for me. I can't have a conversation about it. No, they... You know, because it's so gross and so, like... It's horrible. There's no leadership, and we they, they should all... I think they should all be in jail, but that's just me. Um... But her emails, though. But her emails. That's right. Benghazi. <laughs> oh, right. But, but yeah. her emails. Yeah. Yeah, she had a private email server. And he's killing, God only knows yeah. how many thousands and thousands of people. But the email server was the story. Was the emails, honey? Her emails, honey. So, Billy, having uh, you know, having been on Will and Grace and seeing that it did make you know, it did seem to create a path for some positive change in terms of mm -hmm. LGBTQQIA issues and mm -hmm. uh, awareness, mm -hmm. you know, your, you know, pose uh, 
can you speak to how that is, um, you know, maybe well, creating the same kind of change yeah. for transgender? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When I got the call to audition for the show, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? <laughs> like, they want to talk about gay, black, and trans people? Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Like on national television? <laughs> you know, it's like, Will and Grace kicked the door down so that we could walk through it. Mm. And I really appreciate that. That's you know, nice. it's really significant. Mm. It's significant what that show did. Yeah. You know, it's significant and are you... how it changed the culture, how it changed the culture's perspective on what being gay meant and really created a space for the rest of us to come in, you know, you, you guys opened the door for us, kicked it down, and we wouldn't be here if not for Will and Grace. And, we wouldn't be at Pose if not for Will and Grace. And are and you seeing, and, and what are you seeing with Pose? Like, are you getting from people that their awareness level is shifting? Um, yes. Yes. More, you know, a lot of, it's a lot of people who have never had themselves reflected back at them. Mm. It's like, that's where we're starting. We're starting with a group of people, including myself, who until this show never saw a representation of themselves anywhere. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening with five transgender women of color Mm -hmm. on one television show. Yeah. At, At the same time, you know, like... I've never seen a character that looks like Pray Tell. It's not lost on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's never been a character in mainstream anything that has looked like Pray Tell. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Because had there been one, I would have seen it. Yeah. The closest thing that came to it, the closest thing that came to it is Belize and Angels in America. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing. Mm-hmm. But this is queer people of color telling our own story. Mm -hmm. The people behind the scenes are queer people of color. Mm -hmm. There are others as well, but like Stephen Canals, Janet Mock, Our Lady J is, is, is white, but she's trans. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the voices that are creating this are the voices that have lived it. That's why it's so real. That's why it resonates so, so, so beautifully. Yeah. And, and transparent, of course, you know, kind of, started the ball rolling, but then you guys have taken that and gone to the next level. Yeah. They, yeah, they eased us into it with a, with an old white guy, uh, <laughs> 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 opened the door. Transparent, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before we get to a, a wrap up question, I just wanted to ask you if, did you happen to catch the acting debut of Janet mock recently? No, but Senator Lane, does she play Senator Lane on your show? Yes. I mean, based on her portrayal of uh, of a United States Senator on my show, Devs, on FX on Hulu, I would not yes. want to uh, be called to the carpet by her as a producer. She's, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> very authoritative. She was so good. She's I was so there great. one of the days when she was shooting, and I thought, uh, I just thought she'd been acting forever. She's that like was a superhero. First, uh, job. first time. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. I, I've, I've, been, I've been teasing her about Senator Lane, but we're going to get to Debs because we have all this time. So we're on Nip Tuck right now, and then we move to Debs as soon as we're done with that. Wow. Billy, my darling, it's so lovely to get to spend a little bit of time with you. Okay. And um, for anybody who may not have seen season, uh, episode six, season one of Pose, please immediately uh, watch that on your phone or your computer, <laughs> even now, um, because so that <laughs> is an acting and singing tour de force nothing short of a tour de force by billy porter amen uh won you an emmy i love you guys love you love you billy thank you billy porter and uh all right everybody so thank you for listening to yet another episode of in bed with nick and megan with the immortal nick offerman his wife megan mullally and her friend, Billy Porter. Good. Good night. <laughs> In Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. 